Uh, oh, and I did want to give a caveat. I have never run this game before. So this is just an experiment. Plus, I'm bending a lot of rules, so this is a big experiment. <laughs> but if I had to, if I had talked to you instead of your dad talking to you, I said, hey, do you want to come over and we'll all tell a story together? And that's basically what we're going to do, is we're all going to tell a story together. Okay? Cool enough? <laughs> all right. Okay, so I am starting the timer now. And I want everybody to close their eyes. And we are looking at the blackness and the darkness. Don't open your eyes until I tell you to. We're just looking at Black Void right now. That's what this is all about. Like being asleep, like being dead. Space is very black. I think everybody here knows this is a game that's going to take place in space, at least a good part of the time, and space is very black. Tara, you can open your eyes. When you open your eyes, you are in a bed. It is very small, but it's soft. You've got a pillow and a blanket. It's comfy. Um, and it's still dark, though. It's not pitch black. There's a little bit of light, and you um, you can immediately tell that you are in an enclosed bed. What do you want to do first? Like how enclosed? Is it like a bunk coffin. bed? Yeah, it's kind of coffin like, but a little bigger. And I can, I mean, I assume I can see out the side of the bed. Nope. On your one side, you see a tablet, a data pad. It's showing the time. It says 6.38 a.m. On the other side, you only see darkness. So I want to sit up. You have plenty of room to sit up. You find that you're wearing a uh, white tank top and white underwear shorts. Uh, Eric, now you open your eyes, and you see the same things. You see this tablet with the time on it. 6.39 a.m., and on uh, the other side of you, you see darkness. What do you want to do? Um, I'll touch the tablet and see if there's a menu or something. Um, hmm. No. Um, it does go to like a home screen type of thing, but there's nothing that's really familiar to you. Then... Uh, there is some brighter light, and a voice comes on an intercom that says, Good morning, crew. Shipboard time is 0700 hours. The ship day begins now. That causes Wesley and Vladek's characters to open their eyes and see the bright light. You've all just heard this voice. Vladek, what do you think you'd want to do? What would your character do in this situation? I can tell you this. It's really not blinding yet. But you can see, both of you see, all four of you see the, the, the time next to you. And as far as the dark wall, there's now kind of a bright outline. But the voice was enough to wake you guys up. Um, yeah, that's a good move. What about you, Wes? What do you want to do? What would your character do? Excuse me. Uh, I would uh, be uh, s uh, sitting up. 
Okay. And uh, my audio was supposed to kick in and it didn't. That's uh, a little annoying. So give me a second here. Um, somebody else speak. What um, what you gonna do next? I assume this is like a bed that we can, you know, like sit up and throw our legs over it. Um, yes, and when you do, you find out that you're not on the floor. You're on you're on the upper bunk of a bunk bed. Eric, what would you do? Am I also on the upper bunk? Find out. <laughs> okay, I'll swing my... So when, when you swing the legs over, you see that that... Curtain gives way. Curtain gives way. I'd like to get out of bed. Or I'd like to test to see if there's floor under my feet, and if not, I'd like to carefully jump. So. Okay, where do you want to be? You want a bottom bunk or a top bunk? Okay, I assume the boys want top bunks, right? <laughs> you want a top bunk or yeah. a bottom bunk? Top. Lotic, top or bottom? Uh, bottom? You'll take a bottom? Alright, then you're in the bunk above him, and you can be in the bunk above him. Okay. So you swing your feet, uh, you fling open the curtain, you swing your feet around, you drop down to the floor. What, do you, what is your character thinking right about now? Where am I? What's going on? Yeah, the sleep was a dreamless sleep. At least you don't remember any dreams. Now that you're standing here, you don't remember any dreams. In fact, you don't remember anything. Now in this room, there are three sets of bunk beds. Two of them, you guys already know quite a bit about. But there is a, if one bunk bed is like there and another is here, there's a bench between the two of you, between the two sets of beds. And there's one against that wall there. There's also some lockers. Now the bunk bed over there, the top one, the curtain is open and it's stripped. There's no covers or pillow or any kind of bedding. The bottom one is very neatly made and of course that curtain is also open. Um, Tara, what do you think? What is your character? How did I get here? Where are we even? Who wants to be the first to speak out loud? I'll be the first. <laughs> uh, I'll say, computer, are you voice activated? <laughs> you hear enough. That's I a good play, though. Yeah, yeah. Who are you people? <laughs> okay, Terry's character is just ask, who are you people? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Are there names on any of the lockers? Yeah. Okay. What are they? Um, they say Jex, mm -hmm. Bardak, Bosk, Hera, and Veronix, but you don't know which is whose yet. So does anyone else remember anything about who you are? I'm asking the other characters. No, I don't remember either. Okay. I woke up amongst strangers. Is there any computer terminal in the room? No. There is a panel by the door. It has um, a couple few unlabeled buttons. It's got what appears to be a speaker grill. Okay. I would uh, like to press one of the buttons. What were you trying to ask, Logic? Uh, is the door locked? 
Um, well, as you, you would have to walk up to it, I guess, and it would like slide open automatically. Um, so is that what you want to do? So, okay, how about the two of you kind of wandered over there, and as you wandered, the door slid open, and you see a hallway out there, and you press a button on there. Let's say there's four buttons. Ten. Ten, okay, and you say, what, does, when you press this button? Is there button, anybody there? Um, you hear a voice come back that says, oh, no, not again. Um, I'll be there in a few minutes. Well, I want to go over to the lockers. Yes. <laughs> it's a good move. What closet or what locker are you going to go to, though? Well, Hera sounds more like a female name. That's a good point. So I'm going to go with Hera. Okay. Go to the locker. All right. Inside. Is it locked? There's no lock. There's no lock. Inside, you do find a dark green jumpsuit. Well, I'm um, going to put it on because it's kind of chilly in here. <laughs> fair enough. Um, you notice it definitely fits you. Oh. There's a patch on 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 both sides and right here on the chest. It says Duelos Corporation. And um, then, yes, it's got one here that says Hero. So, somebody, oh yeah, as you're looking at each other, you notice there is something very odd, and I probably should have mentioned this before. You've got something on your left ear. That is in your ear and cuffed around the lower part right here. Okay? And um, I would think, since there's not really a mirror in here, I would think one of you notices that everybody else has one, and you reach up and feel, and sure enough, you've got one as well. I want to pull mine off. It won't come off. And it kind of hurts when you really start pulling on it. Like just on the outer ear or like inside? Oh, you can feel that it's an earpiece. It's in your ear. Oh, okay. But as you can see in the picture, though, uh, the picture there, like the cuff this. goes around. Now, I need somebody to um, offer to look at somebody else's earpiece up close. I'll look at someone else's. Okay, who's, who's are you going to look at? I'll look at Foster's. Okay, so you are um, uh, going to go in for a closer look. And so far as you can make out, it actually oh pierces gosh. through... And meets with the earpiece inside of the ear through the cartilage. And that thing ain't coming off. So now a door opens, or the, the door opens, or I guess the door was already open, wasn't it? So he walks in, and um, just because it's going to make things easier, he's me. Okay? Um, the description actually says tall, a little overweight, shaggy blonde and gray, unkempt hair, wearing a, another dark green jumpsuit. His says Jex. And um, he kind of takes a breath and looks at all of you. Like he doesn't know exactly how to say what he's about to say. And he says, I think we'd be more comfortable if we went to the gallery. So, yeah. 
the galley. Sorry. He stands at the door and kind of beckons like this, hoping that you guys are just going to go with him. Yeah, go for it. Um, what what would you say to him about that? About giving Christ. What's uh, which locker is mine, or what's my name, or both? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, you guys already chose names. I don't want to get into too much detail yet, but yes, you already chose names. Um, you are Bardak. You are Bosk. You are Hira. You are Baronix. And yes, you can feel free to hit your lockers, get dressed. Um, when you're done, just go out this door to the right, and then it's your first right, and um, we'll gather together in the galley. And with that, he walks out. And uh, what are you guys doing? Then? Um, all you have in there is clothes, shoes, there's some toiletries like shaving stuff, um, comb, brush, whatever it is you like, um, you know, those sorts of things. No, you don't see any like personal belongings no or pictures. no pictures. Um, and if you peek over at the other guy's locker, you can see that's the exact same contents. You all have the same contents. Okay, do you want to go out ahead of everybody else or do you want to wait for everybody? Okay. And how far are you guys behind him? Um, well, I'm already dressed, so I'll just exit out right after him. Hey, wait for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going in there by myself. Is there anything else in the room that we're in? Um, just the benches that I mentioned. Yeah, like a place to sit down and tie your shoes. I guess I'll just go too. Okay, you going with everybody? Yeah. So, yes, you go out, you hang a right, and you walk into a room. In one, it, it's a larger room. Well, you know, the, the thing you'd immediately, you'd notice most immediately is there's a big round table with seven or eight chairs around it. Um, and there is a kind of a hard thing to describe. It's um, a large counter with some control panels above it. Um, and then there's kind of a second half of the room, kind of like how this room is in two halves. We've got like the table area here and the living room area there. On the other half of this room, there are couches and chairs. There's a big TV screen. Um, and Jax is sitting over there at the, at the table. And he's looking into a cup of coffee. Um, when you guys come walking in. Now he gets up from the table and he walks over to this counter with these with these um, consoles above it and he hits a button and there's a little a little cutout in the wall. A little cup drops down and fills up with about an ounce of liquid. Clear liquid. He takes it out and keeps doing that until he's got five of them. He's kind of balancing them all in his hand motions to the table and sets the little cups on the table 
and says, probably the best thing we could do first is have you guys drink this. It'll clear your heads. And he has a seat at the table. Uh, I'd like to ask what is this? Okay. Um, he says, um, well, we just call it brainwater. It's part of the process. Mm. Jax, are you going to drink it? I drank mine this morning. You're going to want to drink this first thing when you wake up. It helps with your recovery. Tell you what, it's okay if you don't. Why don't you guys have a seat, and I'll tell you what's going on. I'll drink it. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. It's still sitting in front of me. He says um, this is going to be quite a shock. All of your memories have been wiped. Today is July 15th, year of the Imperium 1105. Okay, I gotta take a drink. <laughs> You're on a spaceship. Um, it's your first day of work. You have no memories of anything that's ever happened in your life. And this includes yesterday, apparently. Um, you still retain your education and skills and abilities and even some of your personality traits. But everything else you're a blank slate. It's a new beginning. You work for a company that, as it says on your uniform, says the Dulos Corporation. It's your first day on the job. We do freight work. We pick up shipments at one system, take them to another. Um, the first few days after the memory wipe process, you kind of wake up this way every day. You're completely unable to remember anything, uh, but you're in a hospital facility where they're able to calm you down. They're really not supposed to put you on assignment until your memory functions stabilize, but this is the second time that they've done this to you. Is that what you meant by not again? Yeah. I know this is very disorienting. Uh, yesterday, you guys spent the day doing paperwork, getting checked in on this ship, um, familiarizing yourself with everything. I briefed you on your jobs, um, and um, apparently you're going to have to redo some of that now. Why do they want to remember this? I don't know. Everybody's reason is different. I mean, maybe somebody died that you thought you couldn't live without. Maybe... You killed somebody, and it was prison or execution. Uh, maybe you had a mental illness that made life not worth living. Maybe you were in homeless poverty with no hope of ever getting any better. Maybe you just didn't fulfill all your dreams in time. I don't know. Everybody's reason is different. But for whatever reason, you went to an office somewhere, signed up for Dulos. They gave you a... They did a profile on you, decided that you had skills that were going to be valuable to them, and you basically signed the rest of your life away. I know that sounds drastic, but it's actually a pretty good option if your alternative is bad enough. Did you do that? Yeah, we all did. So you don't know why or what we did? Or didn't do. I don't know my story. I don't know your story. I don't know the, the science of it, but what, what you've had done to you leaves huge holes in your mind. And you would basically go into a vegetative, catatonic, maybe even comatose state 
what this medication does for you is make up for that difference. This disorientation that you're feeling today eventually will pass. Hopefully tomorrow when you wake up, you'll remember everything that happened today. Um, but it's very important that you keep taking your brain water every morning, first thing when you wake up. For the rest of our life. I'm afraid so, but it's a small price to pay. If, if we knew what it was we left behind, why we signed up for this, well, we'd surely be grateful. Because as I said, it's not so bad if the alternative is bad enough. I don't know of anybody who ever has. But I don't know everybody in the company. I've never been um, offered a form for how to uh, leave the company or anything, so I, I like this life. Six years I've been traveling these stars, taking this cargo, freight runs, you get to go some really cool places, sometimes meet really cool people. Um, really, I don't know why you'd want to quit. What happens, is there a protocol for you running this on my Hmm. I've never been informed of one, and it's never happened to me. I think typically, Dulos is a pretty small outfit, and I've just caught rumors here and there that the people who work for Dulos are from throughout the galaxy. They, their, their recruiting circle is a lot bigger than their, their operation, uh, op, operations circle, you know. We've got basically this one subsector that we do all of our business in, um, but I have heard that a, a lot of the employees come from places way outside of our actual circle of business. And I'm guessing we're not from Earth. I mean, this is like not the character speaking. Right. Um, yeah, we, there is no Earth in this. As a matter of fact, I, I hear that Vladek loves Star Wars. Um, this isn't a long time ago, but it is a galaxy far, far away. Earth does not exist in this game, basically. Are we all the same species? Okay. Is there only one species? Um, so far as you know. Okay. So far you only know two, <laughs> ship, uh, two rooms and a hallway. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. What happened to your last crew? It's a, there's a rotation. Just a rotation? Yeah, the better you are on the job, the better job you get. This is a three-month assignment that we're on. And at the end of the three months, if you guys did good, you will be reassigned to a better job. If you perform below standards, you will find yourself on a ship on a worse job. Um, I typically get a lot of the entry-level people here um, because rather than start them off in a bad place and get bad attitudes out of them, they like to start them in the middle. So. The last crew I had, we had a three-month assignment, and I usually, I request this assignment because I like the route that we are on and the places that we go. I've got friends at the various starports that we'll visit and that sort of thing. So now, did we choose our names before our memories were wiped, or did no, they give us names? No, after you, after the process was complete, um, uh, they asked what you would like to go by. Oh. And so you guys have had these names for a week or two. Oh. But you chose them yourself.
Um, he suggests that he just go ahead and show you around the ship. So he shows you around the ship. So that is the top deck of the ship. Um, you are right now in the galley lounge, sitting around the big round table there. Here's all the dispensers. Um, you can see here in the corner is the couches and the big screen. There's the bunkhouse that I described with the benches and the lockers and the bunks themselves. And then there's the lower level where the cargo is, the, the locker room, the, and that I don't, I can't see, but I think it's all self-explanatory, except that at the back of the ship, what is um, the locker room for? Um, it's where they keep the vac suits and where they've got the, any weapons locked up, as well as basic like survival tools, like tents and, you know, little stoves and that sort of thing. Um, there's some explaining that needs to be done in the thresher. First of all, let's talk about the mist, the mister. This is a space shower. You're going to step into this little closet sort of thing. And there are some poles that come up to about eye level, one in each corner. On these poles, there are three nozzles. One down toward the floor, one in the middle, one up high. They release a mist that will cling to your body that you basically just rub it and it gets rid of all the oil, dirt, sweat, and all of that. Now, those with longer hair, um, it's okay. There's a handheld water nozzle in there that you can use for washing your hair or for if you got back from a job and you're covered in mud or something like that. Um, but we're all about conserving water on here. So um, I know it's not just water that comes out of the mist jets, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. I know I get it in my eyes and my mouth all the time, and it, it doesn't irritate or anything. So um, that's what we have for showers here. Now, as far as the WC, um, surely somebody here can tell me what WC stands for. Yeah, that's the water closet. It's my initials. And, and it's your initials, that it is. That doesn't mean they all belong to you, though. Um, so what it is, and I can't get this to pull up, so oh well. You walk up and there's a wall with a mirror that you can look into, okay, inside of this little booth thing. And there is a drawer that you can pull out at about waist, a little bit higher than waist level, and it's got a sink and a faucet, okay? And then it slides back into the wall, and there's a handle here that you fold it down, and it's a toilet. And then when you flip that back up, it flushes by itself. So you walk into this little closet thing, there's a mirror and these couple of things. Um, the toilet folds down, and the sink slides out. Um, and I had a scene prepped from Firefly, because that's where I got the idea. They have the exact same setup, that I can't get it to work, so it's okay. Anyway, was there any other questions on the map there? So it's damage, gravity? Yes. Uh, yep, yep. Grav plates. The miracle of science fiction. So the mule is something that we pull stuff. That's like the mover. Is the reach truck something to stack stuff with? Whoa, the reach truck. All right, let's see. 
Where do I have that? And what's in the lockers in the cargo bay? Same thing. Um, it's got uh, vac suits, excursion suits, whatever you want to call them. It's got various. As a matter of fact, I probably I didn't know you were asking about the lockers in the upper level. Um, those lockers just have vac suits um, because that's more like for when you got to go out and work on the ship. So there's vac suits and tools and stuff. On the lower deck, the cargo deck, that locker room has everything. You've got tools. You've got um, the heavy vac suits. Um, you've got um, weapons. Yes, all the weapons are locked up on the lower deck. There's what I'm looking for. And the reach truck, if anybody has spent much time at a Home Depot, they have seen one. But um, here is a picture that I came up with of one. Whoops, that was a mistake. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, oh it went through? Okay. So yes, you stand up in that little thing and drive it around, and those forks go up and down and forward and back, and you use that to um, move the uh, cargo about. Okay. What's in the lab? Funny you should ask. I figured this is where I could go with um, more of your input. I've, I've got a lot of this stuff. Lockdown, pretty. Um, uh, I've, I've described it all pretty specifically. Um, I mean, you can definitely see in the lab there. There's a table with three chairs around it. But then there's these other things. Are they consoles? Are they countertops? Are the things above them or below them? What does everybody think would be in a lab? Definitely think there'd be some kind of console that would do some kind of analysis materials. Breakdown of molecules or minerals or whatever you. Perfect. Yep. Glass Asmeric. vials. Yep. 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 Um, Glass vials. Like computer. Yeah. Yeah. Different type of liquids and materials. So to use in the lab. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So certain things react to other things, so you need to know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff. I can tell you, sitting on one of the countertops, is a large, um, how shall we describe it, sort of a satchel. It's just about this size. It is large, it is black, it has a shoulder strap, um, and that is sitting on one of the things in there. It's uh, an item that will come up later unless somebody asks Jax, what is that? I'll ask. <laughs> okay. Um, that is a, a portable sample analyzer. Sometimes when we go down and do a little expedition on a planet, um, we'll take that with us. Um, and he even shows you, he pushes a button and a little door opens up. There's about enough room to put a chicken egg in there. Um, and then you put your sample in it, you close it, and you can put in, I think I said, I think I wrote four samples. And it, it takes some time to analyze them, but um, it's more than just putting one in. You can end up putting four in, and it'll begin processing them in the order in which they came. And I assume since we don't have a shuttle, that the ship is atmosphere ready. That's right. What type of food 
It's a good question. Wesley, go get one. Sounds like this guy's ready for breakfast. So how about we all go back to the galley and have something to eat? Sounds good to me. All right. So he takes you to the console in the galley. And he pulls up a menu and chooses what he wants to eat. And it comes out looking a bit like this, except I visualize it being longer. And it's kind of um, like a greenish gray. Okay. And... He punches the, he, he's got a menu where he sees the, the different dishes that are available. He chooses the one that he wants. Um, I will say that it is beef stroganoff. And out of this hole drops this bag. And it's already hot, even. You tear the top off of it and grab one of their little spork things. And you just eat it right out of this bag. He says the food is actually pretty good around here. It's one of the things that he likes about this ship. Um, almost anything that you would want is available from the dispenser. There's a couple of hundred different recipes. Um, there are some cold choices as well. But no, you're not going to have pizza. You're not going to have... Um, it's all going to be one meal in a bag. Um, but again, he says the food is pretty good. The coffee is pretty good. Um, but yes, there are some like salad choices and um, that sort of thing. So, um, uh, you know, actually, he wouldn't be having beef stroganoff at 7.20 or so in the morning. Um, I was going to say, you're going to eat both beef stroganoff for breakfast? So, yeah, I'm going to change that. He wants to have um, scrambled eggs with um, with uh, sausage and green chilies. Um so who's going to be brave enough to walk up to the dispenser first? So. Oh, oh, right. So we were talking about what was in the lab, and we definitely covered some things. Now, as far as what's in, in engineering, there are two stations there uh, denoted by the circles where there are seats to sit on. Um, and then there's that big... Thing in the middle, which I went through four or five different versions of it, and I don't even know what it is. So um, you are the one with the engineering plus two, and you've got an engineering plus one or two. 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 So I figure between the two of you, you can tell us what's in that room. But if you guys had any ideas for what might be in engineering, um, we'd be all ears as well. I would assume it's the engine. Like this is the... some sort of access to part of the engine. Yeah. So, do we have weapons on the ship that like cannons? No. 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 Jax explains to you that uh, no spaceships really have weapons unless you're military. So we have no need for shields or right. So we probably so there'd be something to do. So are the graph. Do the graph plates require some kind of, you know, engineering piece, some kind of power source? Yes, they are powered. If you guys lose all your power, then yes, you will also lose your gravity. So we need an engine, we need power for the graph shields, we have some kind of environmental system, and then power for the yeah. and then just whatever. So these um, 
these two consoles or perhaps places, are both of them the places where you monitor and adjust that sort of thing, or just one of them, or what do you think? Might be split up. There might be one that's like engines, and then another one that might be like, like you know, environmental controls. Okay, that makes sense. There might also be some one of them. Maybe maybe you have like a sense of external internal, mm. where maybe the one that does the engine also monitors things like the communications and the sensor. Right. Okay, that sounds good to me. Does anybody feel that there's a room missing? Is there anything else that should be on this ship somewhere? Because we're going to kind of make this ship together. I mean, I, I've thrown together the initial plan, um, but um, it ain't my story. It's everybody's story. So um, if anybody thinks of something uh, that I forgot, I can make changes to the floor plan and everything if we can all agree on it. Now, we'll, we'll say that we are on the bridge now. Um, so you've got this square room. And I couldn't depict it very well with the very limited drawing tools that I had. But at each corner, you each have a main screen. There is no window to the outside. It's, it's not like anywhere in the ship. Right, right. So each one of these consoles, you do have a big screen, and you got some other little screen, and you got a whole bunch of buttons and switches and all that. Um, but as you can tell, they are pretty close together, so that navigation and the helm and the ship systems, you could pretty much just put a chair between the two of them. And they've got like the rolly chairs, you know, so you can go back and forth. Um, I mean, really, one person could basically run this ship all things being equal. Now, if anything unusual happens, it's definitely handier to have all four people there. But um, right now we're running on a lighter crew, slightly lighter, um, because that's what the company has available at the moment. But I mean, like communications and tactical, calm tact there. Um, you don't always need somebody at it. Sensors, you don't always need somebody at it. Um, at, bo at both ComTac and NavHelm, you have basically detectors. So like NavHelm can see that there's a ping bouncing back at him. Um, and his console is loaded with maps and that sort of thing. So he can see, oh, it's the planet Snarlax, or it's the Halley's Comet, or whatever. It matches it to a library. To actually do detailed scans, requires being at the sensor station. But surprises rarely happen, so it's not really necessary. Space is mostly empty. Space is mostly empty. And then it's the other thing with the calm tact is you can see every kind of energy signature and pretty much match it to something that's in the library there at ComTact. But if you see like an energy spike somewhere, you can tell what kind of energy it is, but that's about all you can tell. Sensors would have to do a more detailed scan. Okay. Um, Jack says that um, now that everybody seems calmer, I'm going to head to the fresher for a mist, and I'll be back in 15, 20 minutes or so. And uh, you guys are left standing there on the bridge by yourself. Hira. What is going through your mind after all of this? Well, 
this is a big ship. Uh, why would I choose to do this? Mm. And I have you... these weird showery things, and I mean, we might have to, you know, put on a back suit and go outside a spaceship. Are you saying any of this out loud? No, I'm probably just thinking it to myself as I look around at these people that I don't even know. And... So, Bardak, what is Bardak thinking, or do you, or do you got something to say now that Jax is out of the room? I have something to say. I think it's weird that none will ever quit. None will ever look for a different job. It seems suspect. No company could be so perfect that there would never, you know, you would never say, oh, I want to become a baker or photographer, or, you know, write that novel. But it's been, I've been thinking about my 10 years sitting in space <laughs> or whatever. And what could be so bad that we wanted to have our minds erased? see people wanting to have their minds erased. But it just seems that unlikely that, you know, if you've made decisions that have led to that, would you then be so faithful to your company that you would stay until you die? That's very true. You might be, maybe we're impulsive, or maybe, I don't know, are we impulsive? And did we know what we were getting find out more. I feel like at the first space part we should try to do some research on the organization that we should do it on the ship. Because mm. it's probably wrong information if any, and we might be lost with access to this information. That's true. What about you? What, what do you think about the things they say in here? Can you think of something that would be so horrible that you'd want to just forget everything and go away for the rest of your life? Um, the whole family died and we have no friends in us or homeless. Not only that, why is this guy Jex? flying the same route for the last six years. I mean, is it that great of a job? Maybe we should pay close attention and find out if it seems so great mm. and we want to stick around. Do any of us know what any of the, the beeps and blips and symbols on the screens mean? Do we, can we read them? Or are they in English? Or are they just symbols? Or They're in, um, uh, I forget what they call, you know how like in D&D it's not English, it's uh, common. Um, in this game I believe they call it um, Galanglic or something like that. So yes, essentially English. 
Um, yes, I mean, you've got a plus two in electronics and engineering and what's the other one? Computers. And computers. So yes, you can definitely make some sense of it. Um, you likewise, I'm sorry, you likewise um, have some piloting skills and astrogation skills. So you recognize um, what some of these controls do. Um, so can I... Then, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so can I, like, go up there and start, you know, I mean, uh, apparently I know some things about computers, so. If you guys want to futz with the controls, um, <laughs> you can make some sense of the controls if you wanted to. You can see the, the heading that you're on, the course that you're on. Well, I wouldn't sit at one of the, the, uh, I'd sit at, like, sensors or something that's not going to, you know. Change course. <laughs> you know, or, you yeah. know, fly off to the side and then he ejects, comes running to the bridge or anything like that. Yeah. So, do we have the same accent? Yes. Do we have different skin color? Or no. anything that would indicate that we're from different planets? Or even from different parts of a planet? Nope. So far as you can tell, you are all... We could all be from the same city. Yeah. For all you know, your mom, dad, and two sons. You have no reason to believe anything or anything to the contrary. Yeah, and I wouldn't go messing around with ship systems either. Now, if you wanted, um, why do I keep forgetting your name now? Bosk. Bosk. <laughs> if you wanted... You could ask Bosk to see if they re if you really are in the heading that Jack's claimed, or if you were curious enough yourself. I mean, you've never flown a ship like this, but you've got a plus two in astrogation, as I recall, so you'd be able to look at the course and see whether or not you're actually going where Jack says you're going. So yeah, why don't you look over at the, the uh, I guess that would be Navtel. Yep. And uh, have a look and see if we're headed where he says we're headed. So why don't you give me a? Is, do you agree to do to do yeah. that? Excuse me. Okay. So why don't you roll a, roll me a two d six? We're supposed to trust this guy. I don't know about that. Eight. All right. Well, you punch up the stuff on the astrogation computer. Oh, actually, that would have been a plus two for astrogation. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, and yes, you confirm that you are leaving, uh, you are on your way out of the Nellius system. Um, as far as that, you don't see any other course plotted. No course plotted. Well, just the course is plotted to leave the system, headed for deep space. No, to deep space. Um, he told you that you guys are on your way out of the Nellius system, and when you've gotten out to deep space, you're going to make a jump to the Nellius system. So that course wouldn't be. So, you confirm that you really are on your way out of the Nellius system. Um, and again, um, Jax is not there on the bridge with you. Do you guys got anything else you want to discuss amongst yourselves? I think I'd say I don't trust this guy, but I have no reason not to trust him or to take any extreme action. Right. Until I know more. Okay. And so it seems that more. we're on the same, or on the uh, the course that he told us we were on. 
All of a sudden, there's a beeping. Beep, 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 beep. Uh-oh. I didn't do it. Which station is it It's coming from contact. Oh. And um, you can see that it's a signal coming in. Um, you hear a clunk, 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 clunk on metal decking. Um, and Jex comes in and wants to know if anybody touched anything. Um, and he's mostly kidding. He looks at Comtac, sits down at it, and says it's a distress signal. And we are required by the company to investigate this sort of thing. So he gets on the comm and tries to raise the person who is sending the distress signal, and he gets no response whatsoever. Well, they um, don't have any weapons or shields or nothing. He um, says that um, it's actually coming from close by. It's from, and he goes, it's from Enton. So we're going to have to go. So he slides over to Navhelm and changes the heading and starts heading for the Enton, uh, for, the, for the planet Enton, and says that um, it's going to be two or three hours um, and that we need to keep uh, trying to raise whoever is sending out the distress signal on the radio. And so he gives you your assignments. I want you to look at your sheets, as you already have been. Those are the abilities that you got when you got here. Um, call them out, starting with Baronix. Weapons plus two, combat plus two, science plus uh, plants plus one, science minerals plus one, and science energy plus one. So his main specialty is weapons and combat, and his secondary specialty is the sciences. Hero. Electronics plus two, computers plus two, engineering plus two, and medic plus one. So she's our um, techie genius. Um, she's our techie genius and also has some uh, medic training. Um, unbelievable, I keep forgetting your name. Ask. <laughs> uh, Astrogation plus two, pilot plus two, weapons plus one, combat plus one. Okay. Uh, engineering plus two, mechanics plus two, astrogation plus one, pilot plus one. Okay. So, Bardak, he assigns to ship systems. So, ship systems, down here, put ship systems zero. Um, Bosk, you are going to be at nav helm, navigation and helm. You get to fly the ship, plot all the courses. So, put nav helm zero. Hero, he assigns you to sensors. So I need you to give yourself a sensors zero. Baronix, you are going to be at contact. So go ahead and put contact zero. Mm. So what this means is over the next three hours, while you guys are en route to uh, investigate the distress signal, is that he's showing you around your stations. You know how to do everything yet? No. But he's able to show you, here's how to make the ship go faster. Here's how to make the ship go slower. Here's how to point the sensors in a certain direction and do a long-range scan. Um, ship systems, obviously, that's everything inside of the ship. Um, he's able to, here's how you, he shows you, here's how you switch your view. Uh, 
Um, here's what this readout means, all that sort of thing. Comtact, you are responsible for everything um, outside of the ship, kind of like Worf is, how he can see that there's five energy signatures heading toward you or whatever, you know? Plus you do all the communications outside of the ship, okay? So everybody now has their assignments. And we will say that it took him about those three hours. Now, as you guys are getting closer to the planet Enton, we are going to go ahead and do a little bit of exposition here. He explains to you that Enton is Nellius's great experiment in terraforming. It is their boasting rights to the rest of the galaxy. And everybody's looking at me blankly, so maybe I'd better start with Nellius. It's the home system of the Dulos Corporation. Um, their headquarters is split between a planet-side base and a massive spaceport. Um, the main planet, Nellius, is Earth-like. It's a high-technology world with a single world government with high ambitions in terraforming, trade, services, and monopolizing. They dream of an era that has Nellius as the capital of the galaxy, or at least this arm of it, and their biggest company, the Dulos Corporation, as a household name in every system. But their isolation from the rest of the inhabited galaxy and extreme distance from any major trade routes makes the likelihood of their dreams becoming reality almost zero. The most distant planet in the system, Enten. This is like the very, it's like Pluto. It's like the one on the very outside. It was the Nellian's first planetary experiment in terraforming. It was made centuries ago by the Nellians as proof that their technology could terraform any world, no matter how uninhabitable. And it worked. It worked beautifully. Um, however, well, and they put people there. They set up uh, agriculture. You know, they, they, they planted crops. They, they took them animals for breeding and, and that sort of thing. But then they found out that they didn't think this through very well, since... Everything on Enton came from Nellius. There was no trade between them, obviously. I mean, it doesn't matter how many cows are on Enton. On Nellius, there's a lot more. Um, it doesn't matter how much grain they grow on Enton, because Nellius grows the exact same grain and 20 times as much of it. So Enton really had no trade with Nellius. And then even as they tried to trade with other systems, um, Nellius could outbid them and outsupply them every single time, you know, so why would anybody want to trade with Enton? So over the last couple of centuries, they've kind of become the unwanted child. They've kind of become the, I mean, culture has been stagnant there for over a hundred years. It's still very country, you know, it's still very, I mean, they have no skyscrapers. They have no plants that are making spaceships. It's basically a bunch of farmers and ranchers and they make enough to, to stay alive. That's not a problem. It's just they're never going to amount to much better. Well, I'm way off my script here, so I hope there wasn't anything that mattered here. And really, I should have brought my glasses. Um, the Nellians were so pleased with their job on terraforming Enton that they then chose the largest moon of Enton and decided to terraform that. And that was when they find, found out they'd maybe better go back to the drawing board because that one didn't work as well. It does have an atmosphere, and it's got dirt, and it's got plants, um, but nobody lives there. Nobody would want to live there. It's got some, some major... Uh, the terraforming didn't take, basically. So is the distress signal coming from 
something in orbit, the Penton, or the surface? Well, that's the thing, is that as you get closer up, he notices that the distress signal is actually coming from the largest moon of Enton, the one that they tried to terraform. And how about that? I forgot to write a name for the largest moon of Enton. Who wants to tell us what the largest moon of Enton is called? Tababarus. We got Nibiru, we got Tababarus. You guys got any ideas? Failure. Huh? Failure. Failure? That's not a bad name. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody in favor of Nibiru, raise your hand. <laughs> everybody in favor of Tababarus, raise your hand. Okay. Everybody in favor of failure, raise your hand. All right. Tababarus yes. has it. So um, he says that the distress signal is coming from the moon of Tababaris. Um But he still can't raise anybody on the comms. He um, leans over there on the button and uh, says, distress signal, this is Dulos Corporation Transport DFT7118. Please respond. And he's getting nothing. Um, I won't bother using the Hangout for this, but over at your station, you suddenly get an energy spike. You see an energy spike off in the distance. So, is there any way we can contact Enton to see if they have gotten any distress calls from Babarus or whatever? That is not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. About all you could do... Because it's uninhabited, right? I mean, so far as anybody knows. The moon is uninhabited, right. yes. Um, let's see. My concern here is that Enton doesn't even have so much as a ground-side starport. Oh, okay. That's true, because they're mostly agricultural. Right. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Okay. Um, however... With this energy spike that he's showing, and it, it's a long distance out, um, he can only see that there is an energy spike a long distance out, which means next, you guys should... Well, what kind of energy spike is it? Hmm. Like, if um, only there were a way to find out. Sensors? Ah, okay. <laughs> so... I would think sensors would do a long-range scan to get some more information. And there at the sensors station is Hero. So give me a 2D6. Nine. Okay. It's about 20,000 kilometers away on bearing 216 Mark 36. It's an explosion. It's a ship. And... Um, uh, these scans take a moment to come in, so as you're watching, you see that it's uh, uh, it's got the signature of an exploding ship. Um, and you can see that leading up to the expo explosion are two maneuvering drive trails. And um, he just gets a very serious look on his face, and he says it's probably pirates. Um, the ship tried to run, but you, you can't outrun a pirate ship. 
they're the fastest ships out there. They make it their business to be the fastest. So the pirates aren't going to let them get away. It's a matter of pride. Um, so they probably just pull them out of the sky. Uh, yeah, pirate ships have weapons. So um, it's not often that they uh, come out this way, but um, they obviously um, obviously did and obviously got a hold of somebody. It's a dangerous sky out there. Are they, are they still around, the pirates? Well, it's, as I said, like 200,000 kilometers away. Oh. You can see them on their long-range scan. Um, will, they, will their sensors pick up that we scanned them? If they were looking, they'd be able to see us. The only reason we even looked that direction was because an energy spike showed up on his board. So as long as we don't explode, they would have no reason to look our direction. So on long-range scans, we do see that there's two ships out there, two pirate ships. No, we see that there's an explosion, oh. and we see the ion trail of maneuver oh. drives. Oh, okay. Um, we can't actually see the other ship. All we can see is the energy signatures. We can't actually see the metallic objects when they're that far away. But we can see the ion trails that there were two ships and there's an explosion. Jax has been in these skies a long time. He's seen a lot of things, so he could be wrong. But this is what he makes of it. For all you know, he's a bit of a pessimist. Who knows? So is that where the uh, distress call was coming from? Was the no. ship? No? Nope. So uh, you guys are making an approach onto the moon of... Uh... To Babaras. Will we, when we land, will we need to have like, weapons? Is there anything dangerous there? Who knows? I would better say that. Sorry, don't you think? So I think our two weapons security officers would probably insist on some security. But right now, we're first making our approach. So. And the, plant, the moon does have atmosphere, so we don't have to put on suits. Jax explains that you're going to have to put on Atmo masks. Um, but as far as any radiation or anything like that, we'll be fine exposed for three or four hours. It should be fine. Gravity is a little light. You're going to find you have a spring in your step. So we're on approach to... To Babaras. How about if contact gives us a roll... Um, for locating the source of the distress signal at 2D6 and use, oh, nope, just give me a 2D6. Uh, I'm sorry. Ten. Ten. All right, you guys have a lock on where the signal is coming from. Our pilot is going to need to fly us in, um, and I would think we'd want to uh, Jex would tell you to set down within 100 yards of it or so. So, I need you to give me a 2d6 with your piloting skill of plus 2. I have 10. Plus 2 is 12? No, oh, 8, eight plus, plus 2 is 10. 10. Okay, so, the uh, ship comes on in. Um, you land here on the surface. Um, the the uh, source of the distress signal is um, actually only about 70 yards away from you. You guys could even put it on a view screen if you want. Um, 
Okay, that would be communications and tactical, I would think. It doesn't require a roll. You're just going to flip a couple of switches, um, and everybody, I guess, gathers around contact, or would you like him to send it out to everybody's screen? Okay, so the four of you are still at your stations, and he shows it on the screen. And, yep, there's a ship. It's not very big. Um, for this side of the table, I'm seeing about the size of the Marauder on Dark Matter. On this side of the table, I don't know. Watch more sci-fi, guys. <laughs> um, but it's a, Is it ship. a shuttle. Yeah. It's yeah. bigger than a shuttle, though. Yeah. Um, it's it, not... How many people typically would be on a ship that size? If it had seats along the walls, it would be six and six. So even like a little puddle jumper cup. airplane, as they call them. Perhaps. Would okay. it be kind of like a cargo ship? Um, no, it looks smaller than that. Because okay. it's definitely smaller than you guys. Does it look like a transport? Do mm. we know what type does it, of ship this is? Does it have any markings on it? Um, it has markings, and they are basically meaningless. I mean, at least to you guys. I mean, it doesn't say, like, duos. Okay, fair enough. Or... No, it doesn't say anything like that. We'll go ahead and say that as, Je as Jex is looking at it on the view screen... He makes it out to be a long-range passenger ship. Okay. Um, it can definitely hop from one system to another in that sort of thing. So then they need a place to sleep, so it probably doesn't have a lot of people on it. Hmm. So, does it look damaged? It does not have any visible damage from the outside. No smoke coming from can it. Our, can our sensors tell if they uh, give me a roll. Five. Um, the results are inconclusive, but you definitely um, can tell that the main power plant is not going. Did we uh, send them something? Well, you guys have been trying to communicate with them, um, and you're getting no response back. What about scanning for life signs? That's not something no. that you guys can do. It's oh, not, okay. It ain't that kind of a universe. Okay. Well, let's uh, suit up, I guess. Okay. Should somebody stay with the ship? Hmm. Uh, let me also just throw in real quick, because this timer is about to pop, that um, you guys, uh, or that Jack says that it has no markings that identify like affiliation to anything. It looks independent. It looks like the sort of ship that just somebody would just own. Okay. But it's not military, it's not police, it's not corporate. Yeah, no, that's It's yeah. independent. Okay. All right, but it is bio break time, and I say now is when we break out the root beers and the chips. <laughs> How about it? Okay. Huh? What? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, I'm starting the timer up. We have got our Teddy's root beer and our Salsa Verde Tostitos. So now we're ready to have some more fun. All right. So you guys are going to, you said, suit up and head out. So um, Jax is going to lead you downstairs to the Do locker room. Do we know room. how to put the suits on? Um, we're so getting there. Is... We're getting there. Yeah, so oh, we'll get to that too. Yeah. Um, now, you were talking about maybe somebody staying on the ship. Mm -hmm. Let's see. That's kind of problematic, though. 
Because um, if there's something wrong with the ship that can be fixed, engineering and mechanics might come in handy. If there's something electronic or gadget-wise, your stuff might come in handy. Um, and Jax insists on being part of the party, and we're going to bring our two security guys. So I think that pretty much answers that. Yeah. Well, um, shouldn't one of the um, security guys stay behind and, like, be outside the ship? Like, you know, making Stand guard? Sure, yeah, like, standing guard so that way nobody gets on the ship. Sure. So, we're all going to go down to... Ah, oh, there it is, the locker room. All right. In the locker room, um, he is going to demonstrate how to put these vac suits on mm -hmm. and how to use the regulators. In the oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. You're not doing vac suits. All you need are Atmo masks. Oh. So you're going to get into the locker. Everybody's going to get a little mask with like a little band that goes around like this. Um, obviously, you don't need them in the ship, so I assume you'll have them hanging around your neck, that sort of thing. And then, yes, he opens the weapons locker. Now, he is going to pull out two big rifles and give one to Bosk and one to um, Baronix. Yeah. So you guys are going to have the rifles. And then he takes out um, some little pistols and ha hands those out to everybody. Um, actually, he takes out gun belts that you're going to strap on and just have little pistols. Um, unless one of you feels that um, you would rather have the heavy artillery yourselves. Alright. Now. And as a matter of fact, all that stuff would probably just be in those lockers next to the loading ramp. So, we are now going to exit the ship. Mm -hmm. So, we will leave behind the sounds of the ship. Um, let's see there. You two guys are the security guys. So, um, I would think at least one of you needs to go with the team over to this little ship. Um, but I think uh, whoever said it, I believe that was Hira, had a good idea about somebody might want to stand here on the ramp and keep uh, and kind of guard the ship. So, what do you guys think of that idea? Do you have like communication headsets or something for? Um, yeah, it was those things that stuck in your ears. Yeah. How do we talk to them? Yeah, he explains that you're going to touch it and say the name of the person that you want to talk to. Okay. If it does not detect you say a name and you just start talking, it's going to say it to everybody. Yeah. But if you reach up and say, uh, Bosk, uh, I need you to uh, meet me back at the ship, only Bosk is going to hear me. If I just hit it and say, everybody meet me back at the ship, everybody is going to hear it. Okay? So... Um, you guys are all standing here, you got your masks around your neck, you've got your weapons, you're uh, just discussing what you're going to do. Um, do both of you want to come with the team, or is one of you going to stand guard at the ship? 
Maybe somebody should. Uh, Which one of you should it be? I think I'll guard. You'll guard the ship. Okay, that's a good man right there. All right, so everybody, put your masks on so you can breathe. He is going to open the first airlock door, go into the airlock, close that door behind him, just in case. Then he's going to open the outer airlock, and all the, the while, this big ramp is lowering down on the back of the ship. Um, so, Baronix, you're going to be the one standing here guarding it, so what do you look like standing here on this ramp? Are you going to stay on the ramp, or are you going to go down on the ground at the end of the ramp? Okay, and what do you look like standing there, look, guard? Like, like doing like this or something. How about if you're like holding your rifle? Yeah, yeah you want to have it at like the rest. Yeah. All right. Now you are going to take point, or do you think you should watch our six? You think you should go out in front of us or be around? Well, actually, he's probably watching our six. So what if you go out in front of us? And then the rest of us will follow. So, how how are you doing that? How are you holding your gun? How are you walking? That sort of like thing. This, in case, like when we get through, there's like danger. So, like I don't even have to pull it up and aim. I already have it. Okay. Good. So we slowly, we all slowly make our way over to the um, to this other little ship, while Baronic stands there and and um. um Let's say that you guys are just about at the ship. Um, anybody want to check in with Baronix or anything? Sure. Okay. Baronix, what's up? Everything good. looking good? Yeah. Okay. And just so everybody knows, you don't have to touch it to respond. Oh. Just to initiate the, the communication. Okay. And you were on the wrong here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> A um, little continuity error there. <laughs> um, okay, so you are at the main hatch for this little ship. What do you do? And it's closed. Can we walk around the ship? Can we blow up the doors? We <laughs> <laughs> blow up the doors. <laughs> Um, you don't have any explosives with you this time. <laughs> Maybe you forgot to grab them out of the, the ship's locker. He could shoot out. Could we? I'd like to walk around the ship and see if what I can establish about the ship. Okay. And I think I'll stay back at the hatch. Do I see any like panels or anything? Um. Well, there's a panel that you could use to access the ship. Um. Uh, let's go with what um. um uh, Bardak was saying. Um, so you're going to go around and look for like obvious mechanical... Okay, um, so you're going to give me a roll. Uh. Oh no. Uh -huh. Five, including the modifier. Okay, so that's a three plus two for the people at the table. All right. Okay, so three plus two. Um, so you go walking around the ship. Do you have your pistol drawn or is it are you a lover, not a fighter? It's in your holster. Uh, I guess it's in my holster. Okay. So you make the slow walk around the ship, um, and you don't see anything obviously wrong with it. Um, and that's about all you can say, is that you, um, you don't see anything obvious. 
Is there a way we can get in besides the doors? Uh, no. You're going to need to use the And there's no windows on the ship either? No. Welcome to my world. <laughs> we, uh, I guess we have the masks on. Can we knock? Mm-hmm. I'll Is anybody mm-hmm. in there? So, you want to knock on the hatch? Hello! Yeah. Everybody in there? Okay. Do we hear anything? The hatch opens. Oh, hello. And before you, and I draw my whip. <laughs> before you stands a man, and he is not wearing a mask. Uh, he is um, standing there. He is dressed in the simple clothes of a farmer, rancher, agricultural type. Um, but I'm sure that Boss would keep that rifle trained on him, right? Yeah. Show me what that looks like. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think you'd be smiling, though. Give us your mean face. <laughs> it's too late for that. Okay. You want to give us that look that says, don't you move a muscle, man. Is that the kind of look you're giving him? Sure. Okay. So, um, simple clothes of a, a farmer or rancher, and he says, Howdy. Howdy, Yeah, that's what he kind of sounded like. Y'all got my distress call? Are you by yourself? No. Got my whole family in here. Come on, boys, and meet them. So um, up walks his wife. They all look like simple farmer types. Um, And a teenage girl and two boys about this age. Actually, one's about 10 and one's about 8, so not your ages. and uh, she says, we sure are glad y'all showed up. We didn't know if anybody was going to come. They explain, uh, they give their names, Tam, Mizpen, Kra, Jeeve, and the girl is Wend. And he explains that life was too hard on Enton, um, and that there's a sickness there. And so they did not want to be there anymore. Um... As you guys are standing there, kind of hearing them out. Well, actually, he invites you in. Do you want to? You don't want to go in yet. Not if they're potentially contagious. Okay. Um, he says there's a sickness there, and uh, Grandpa left them this ship. So they loaded up their entire life on it, bought three months worth of rations, and tried for a one-way push to the Dalla system. Um, where they know that on Dalla, the soil is fertile, the weather is good, um, and they've got a much better chance of uh, making the living, of making a living. And they had just reached the, they had gotten off the planet, and they were about to make a jump to the Dalla system when their jump drive failed. Yep. And then their maneuvering drive failed. And uh, as he says, it was all the luck of the stars that I managed to even put down on this moon here. Well, that's when the um, little kid speaks up and uh, says, Pa, that ship ain't broke. The vector realignment timer is just out of sync, so we got no power. Uh, Pa says to him, son, broke is broke. It flies or it don't, and right now it don't. 
Um, the youngest one does seem to be the, uh, the brains of the family. So, Pa wants to know if um, you guys um, might be willing to give them a ride to the Dalla system. Probably only if we could keep an eye on them with the guns. Well, he assures you we will only need your cargo base on and we will even be able to set up a temporary pen for our hall. Oh dear. <laughs> could, could we fit their whole ship in our cargo bay? No. You might, but it won't fit through the door. Okay. But yeah, I, I'm going with him then. What if they're contagious? I think we should first check their house. I would be thinking. Do I have? Do we have any equipment for testing or checking them over? Um, I guess. I, what would you ask Jack specifically? I would say, Jack, we need to check these people over. And actually, I'd probably want to ask. Um, well, what kind of illness was it on your planet? Um, he would explain that it just comes on like a bad flu, and sometimes you get better, and sometimes you don't, and usually it only takes three or four days to tell, which mm. is going to be the case. And how long have they been on this planet? I mean, how long has it been since they crashed? Um... Uh, they've been here just like 12 hours or so. Bosk, what you doing? Um, why didn't they respond to the... Radio's broke, son. Everything's broke. We got no power at all. Pa, I keep telling you now, son, you keep your mouth shut while I talk <laughs> with these people. Okay. I mean, there's a down ship. If I was of the medic thinking, I would already have brought the medic bag with me. Okay. I will allow that. Okay. Would you like to retcon that you would have brought certain tools with you? Sure. Okay. So why don't we say there is a basic tool bag. Do you have a tool bag in your car that's got like wrenches and stuff? Okay, you've got the spaceman equivalent of that. Okay. You've got a basic medical kit. Now that would have the blood pressure cuff. Um, the stethoscope. Might it have the stuff for the blood samples? Probably not. Okay. I mean, it'd have like bandages and right. Like, so you would still have to explain and, to him. You know, sutures or whatever. So you would still have to explain yeah. to him yeah. to get. Okay. Right, 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 right. All right. So we've still got a roll here, but I, I, I like that. Is that portable scanner? You're asking Jax this? Yeah. Well, I've never tried to use it for that, but it's it's a sample analyzer. It would surely be able to give you some good information. You probably want that. And that way, Does it... you can do the analysis in the field. Yeah. 
Things so, like, put the little blood sample in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you are going to tell him that you need the portable sample analyzer. And that you need vacutainers or whatever? Whatever would go in that little machine. Okay. All right. So, you are going to go fetch that stuff. You are going to go down to the bottom of the ramp and lay it on the ground. Okay? So, Hira and Bardak walk over to the ship. You are standing with your rifle and looking vigilant. And... Um, Veronix is standing there with his rifle, keeping an eye out, looking belligerent. Um, and you guys get to the equipment, and you grab it, and you head back to the ship without incident, and we will bio break. Hey. And then this next segment is our last segment, and we're done. And I can tell you guys this, you are like past the first paragraph of the first page. It's <laughs> beautiful. I mean, I've got like... Uh, I, I have no idea, but I have like two or three months worth of stuff written here. So, so I hope you guys end up coming back. Is is what I'm saying. Otherwise, um, we will see to it that you are uh, killed in a very spectacular way on this moon. Okay. All right. Are we back? Yeah. All right. Last segment here and now, guys. So, you have your medical equipment. You, um, uh, we have retconned that you have some tools. Um, <clears throat> uh, Baronix is back guarding the ship, and you are still standing there with your big rifle. Did they make any moves while they're gone? Did they make it? Well, what's it going to be, guys? Well, I think we should, Hera can check them out, and I can. Okay. I would like first verify that their story sounds true. Verify that their story sounds true. Be more specific. We'll see if the ship, <coughs> if the, like I think I would start with the communications or does it, were they able to receive communications? All right, I won't make you roll on that one. You go over there and flip the switch, and yeah, nothing's powering up. Nothing's powering up. Okay. How about the? That obviously would require a bit more in-depth poking around. So, is that what you um, is that what you want to do? Is go fucking around? Yeah. Okay. Um, so hold that thought, Hero. What do you do? Well, I should probably follow behind him. You know, just in case. You know, kind of have a six or whatever. Him? Yeah. Can we actually? We haven't rolled on it yet. Can we? I would like to suggest that we evacuate the whole family mm. away from the away ship. from the ship. I think Hera and I can point our pistols at them, and Bosk can go and verify that there's no one else on board. Oh, that's oh, that yeah, that's good. Epic, that's good. epic, high fives all around. <laughs> Experience points right there. I think they should all sit down. In a corner. Okay. Well, I think sitting down makes it they have to at least stand up before they can address. Okay. Hopefully. And then. Um, Maybe we should pat them down first. We could pat them down one at a time. I think the security guy 
would be the one to best pat them down. Um, so I won't make you roll on it. We're short on time. So we'll say you pat them down and um, you find that they got buck knives and stuff like that on them. Um, and the uh, teenage girl, it's embarrassing how large her knife is. Um, but yeah, they, they, if you want to confiscate their work knives, you can do that. Um, if you want to do a little, yeah, I'll hold on to these for you. Okay. All right. We'll give them back when we verify there's nobody else on board. Right. And now, um, uh, Bosk, I keep wanting to say Borks for some reason. <laughs> so Bosk is going to go in now with his rifle and have a look around the ship. Okay. Yeah. You ain't going to believe this. I mean, there's like clothes hanging up on a line. There is, I mean, not just crates and stuff, but baskets. It's crazy. And yes, there is a big, huge, fat pig. It's like uh, kind of a black pig, and this thing is, it's the biggest, I mean, not that you're an authority on pigs, but this is the biggest pig you think anybody's probably ever seen. Um, you might even look back at the people, like, what kind of people are you? And Paul looks and says, ain't nobody grows a hog like Antonians. So um, this is a big mess. They obviously moved themselves out of a farmhouse and brought all their belongings into this ship. So I can say that it's going to be very hard to confirm that there's absolutely nobody piled under this rubble. Um, but no, you see no indications of any life forms other than the galaxy's largest hog. Okay. The hog. Does the, does the like pig have any horns or anything? No. No, he's just a pig. He's just a pig. Yeah. Oh, and he's tied up. But yes. You can come back out and confirm to them that uh, there is nobody hiding on this ship as far as you can tell. Okay, I'd, I'd like to go in and verify the story. Okay. Yeah, look around the ship? Yeah. For mechanical problems? Yeah. Okay. Alright. So, we will say that rearward of the ship, you're going to have to move aside some hand-woven baskets of, you know, whatever, um, to get access to the panels. You need that roll you're sitting there waiting to make. And, uh, put your plus two engineering. Uh, six. Six with the modifier? Yeah. So four plus two is six. Okay. Then what I will say is that you see nothing obvious, like when you looked at the outside of it. But um, as you are poking around through the panel, the kid, the older boy, Craw, he um, protests once again and says, Pa, he's looking in the wrong place. All right, so quiet, boy. Let the man work. Oh, he don't have nothing worth listening to, man. I still like to hear what he has to say. Let him speak. <laughs> so, the boy says to you, like I've been trying to say, the vector realignment timer is just out of sync, and that's why we got no power. Can I check that out? Yes, I will say that this is an electronic component. You might want to have Hera check it out. Okay. 
So, um, you might ask him whereabouts you would find that. Yeah. Um, and he points it out to you. Now, uh, you know what? I actually have a table for this. Let me... Ah, there it is. Okay. So, you're going to open the panel and the kid is going to point at it. You are going to need to pull it out to have a look at it. So give me a 2d6 plus your engineering modifier. Okay. 8 plus 2 is 10. 10. Okay. You found the problem. Oops, wait a minute. I am so sorry. I am looking at the wrong part. Um, you said 10? You got it out successfully. Now, you are going to do a bit of diagnosis on it. So give me a 2d6 plus your electronics modifier. 9 plus 2 is 11. Oh, man, I wrote all this good stuff, and you're just acing all of it. <laughs> okay, you found the problem, but you can't fix it here. You don't have the tools for it. You're going to have to take it back to the ship. you have the tools? No. No, this is going to require very small, fine detail kind of tools. And that is not the sort of thing that's in your tool pack. Um, so yes, you can fix it back at the ship, but it's going to take a little while. Roll me a 1d6. No modifier. Okay, then I would want to check these people out before I go back to the ship. Okay, fair enough, but um, you're going to tell them uh, this thing is oh. going to take me a little while. It's got, no, 1d6. Oh, 1d6. It's going to take me five, five hours, give or take, to effect the repairs to it. But that's okay, because the portable sample analyzer takes a while to run anyway. This is where you got to tell me, how long will it take you um, to take some blood samples? Um, how many people are there? Five? Five. Yeah, so 10 minutes probably, yeah. Okay, all right. So you take the samples. You have the samples. Um, uh, I would recommend not putting them in the portable analyzer. The one on the lab is quicker. Okay. So that was kind of a waste of time, but what else? Um, and then you'll put the back suit on. You will take the samples. Well, I already listened to them do their blood pressure. Okay. How they do? Listen to their lungs. Okay. How they doing? Shouldn't I roll? Um, no. Um, you should ask me how they're doing, and I'll tell you. They sound fine. Everything seems fine. Okay. The blood work. Lungs well. are clear. Oh yeah. 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 They're not coughing. Nope. 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 Uh, they seem completely healthy. Honey noses, night sweats. <laughs> uh, no. No. Blood pressure is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. These are hard-working folk. Farm folk, ranching folk. Nobody grows a better hog than Antonians. I want to take a blood sample from the hog. It's a hog? Okay. You take a blood sample from the hog. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, I imagine I could do it with an armor. Yeah. Oh, okay, so... Um, and a saliva sample. Oh, definitely got to do that. He does drool a bit, so... Yeah, that'll be an easy one. You just stick the cup under there and like, oh, got it, you know. All right, so you go to the lab, you run your tests, and in the interest of time, <clears throat> I'm going to hand it to you. They're blood. But you look like you were about to object. Oh, and I'm running the, uh, the, the, repair. the repair on the ship. Okay, alright, so you plug the module into the, the, the diagnosis machine or whatever, and it's tracking down exactly the exact circuit that's going to need to whatever, okay? Well, I mean, usually they just plug it into their computer. Yeah, okay, it more or less works that way. Okay. So, um, it takes about an hour for both of them, and we will say that the blood is clean. You see absolutely nothing whatsoever. Including the pig? Including the pig. What about the saliva? The saliva of the pig is yucky. Um, I definitely would not suggest drinking it or anything. There's no bacteria. Not at the side from it. Yeah. Right. So, um, so far as you can tell, this has all been a complete waste of time. They're absolutely healthy. Um, and, um, let's see. Again, in the interest of time, we're going to go ahead and say that um, four hours have elapsed while you guys have been sitting over there while they entertain you with their bandit plan and that sort of thing. Okay, so you're going to take this Uzi what's it's what did I call it? A vector realignment timer that's out of sync. It is now in sync. Um, and you take it back over there. And um, what do you have to say to these people? Well, I've run all your blood samples, and including the pig, and you all are clear. You're not even showing signs of being any kind of sick. Uh, and I fixed your vector realignment, something or other. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, they are all happy to hear. Uh, of course, Pa is the know-it-all type. I told you we wasn't sick, woman. Um, so, um, you need to plug this um, vector realignment timer back in. So, give me a 2D6 with your electronics modifier. I'm plus two. Okay. Would the engineer like to go over there and try to power up the ship and see what happens? Sure. So, you go over to the control panel in the cockpit sort of thing. And you uh, turn the dials and punch the buttons and flip the switches. And the ship powers up. And you have a completely Woo! green board that everything is working just fine. Well, that worked out. Yeah. Um, your, uh, your work here is done, guys. What are you going to do now? So are they, are they going to fly away? Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul thanks you. He uh, says, uh, if you guys ever make it to Dallas, give us a little time to get ourselves established. But you are welcome to come and stay with us. We will throw you a shindig. Thanks. Okay. Should we 
to warn them about the space pirates. That's a good idea. What would you like oh. to tell them? That there, before we arrived, that there was there's a a ship was ex exploded, and there's space pirates. Okay, well, I'm sure they thank you for the warning, um, but they assure you, do, does anybody remember which direction it was by chance? The bearing. There was some numbers. Yeah, there was, there was some numbers. <laughs> six, two, one. It was, uh, it was two, one, six, oh, mark two, one, three, six, six I believe. Um, and they will say that that was not even the direction that they were heading, so they are sure that they will stay clear of it. They just need to just go another 12 hours out, and then they'll be in a place where they can make And you need to listen to your son for a change. Yes. Yeah, anybody want to, uh, you want to add anything to that? Or you figure that's enough said? You got a good boy here, you need to listen to him. He's blind. Okay. So are we going in the same direction? No. No, you're, you're headed out a slightly Okay, so you guys uh, pack up your gear and get back on the ship, and um, you put your suits and weapons away in the lockers, um, and uh, probably head up to the bridge to get back underway. Jex says that you are only about four hours out from deep space to where you're going to be able to make your jump. Um, and um, we, um, I said you're back on the bridge, so we'll do that. Um, so, um, I guess we will begin with the jump next time, if you guys choose to join us next time. Um, but, uh, I would like to congratulate every one of you. I was so worried that you guys weren't going to chew on the stuff that I wrote here. You not only chewed it, you took it in directions that I didn't even think of without breaking my game.